getting your Bibles out, turning to Matthew chapter 9. We'll be starting there. I wanted to uh, have you look this over again. How many was that the first time you've ever sang that song? I love to tell the story. Okay. You need to keep singing those. Yeah. Now, look at it. Whoa. There it is. For some have never heard. Do you believe that? We need to remind ourselves of that. Some have never heard. They just keep living life as though if they'll just be a little bit better and just keep going really good in their life, that when they meet their Maker, all will be well because their Maker will weigh out the good things from the bad things. But that's not the Gospel of Jesus Christ. You and I, if, if, if we're saying we're Christians, we need to be ready with the Gospel, right? To share it with others. If we don't know the Gospel... Are we really even saved? Say, oh, well, come on, don't be so rigid. No, if we don't know the gospel, are, am I saved? Are you saved? We need to know the gospel, amen? So, here we go. Here's one other way in which to remind yourself of the gospel. What is the gospel? It all begins with God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created the first man, Adam, and the first woman, Eve, to rule over the garden. God told them they could eat from any tree that they wanted to in the garden except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Everything was perfect in the garden. They had a perfect relationship with the land, a perfect relationship with each other, a perfect relationship with God until they chose to rebel against God and eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And it brought about separation between them and God. Man has always tried to bridge the separation on his own terms and in his own strength. Whether it's building a ladder of morality and trying to be good enough for God, or even in the Old Testament example, when men built a tower into the heavens trying to reach God on their own. A more contemporary example comes from 1961, when the Russians were first successful in sending a man into outer space. Upon returning, the Russian cosmonaut remarked, We have been to space, and we didn't find God or heaven there. A popular professor and author, C.S. Lewis, responded to the Russian cosmonaut. He said that looking for God in outer space is kind of like Hamlet, one of the characters in Shakespeare's plays, looking for Shakespeare in the attic of his home. Lewis said that for Hamlet to have a relationship with Shakespeare, Shakespeare would literally have to write himself into the story. That is the gospel. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. The gospel is the account of God writing himself into human history. Almost 2,000 years ago, the Bible says that Jesus, in fulfillment to Old Testament prophecies, was born of a virgin. Even as a child, he lived a perfect life. 
At the age of 30, he began his public ministry. He attracted followers. For three years, he taught, he healed, and he made bold claims, such as saying that he alone was the only way to God. The religious and political leaders did not like these teachings. They invoked a riot against Jesus. They brought about false accusations leading to a trial and to a sentencing of death by public crucifixion. The Bible says that while Jesus hung on the cross, that God placed all of the sin of all of mankind on Jesus. Jesus hung on the cross as our substitute. God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. They took Jesus down from the cross and they put him in a tomb. They rolled a large stone at the entrance of the tomb so no one could get in or out. There were Roman soldiers who were posted on guard to keep people from coming to take Jesus' body. But on the third day, according to scripture, he rose again. After being seen by many eyewitnesses and giving instruction to his followers, he ascended back into the heaven, where he now sits at the right hand of God and serves as our advocate before the Father. So what does this have to do with you? The Bible says that we have all sinned and that we all fall short of God's standard of holiness. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There is no way to get rid of the burden of sin on our own. God calls all men everywhere to believe in Christ, repent of sins, and trust Christ to live a new life. As we look back and believe in what God has done through the crucifixion, the burial, and the resurrection, as we repent and turn from our sins, as we trust Jesus as our Savior and Lord, we have peace with God and the forgiveness of sins. So let's review. It all begins with God. Because of our sin, we are separated from God. The gospel is the account of God writing himself into human history. Jesus died in our place for our sins and rose again on the third day. As we believe in Christ, repent from our sins, and trust Jesus for new life, we have peace with God and forgiveness of sins. That is the gospel. All right. Believe, repent, trust Christ. Christ accomplished a perfect work at Calvary. A perfect work. Nothing can be added to that, my friend. And so if you're of a mind that you need to work more to gain God's favor, that's adding to something that's perfect. That's wrong. You can't do that. So you need to understand more and more of this amazing, simple, yet totally profound message that brings salvation to you and me. Have you repented of your sins? Have you acknowledged your sins? And, and repent means to turn away and go the other direction, really. Believe and repent. And we believe all sorts of things. Don't we? <laughs> and Jesus Words keep ringing out. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father but through me. And so if you're here this morning and you don't yet know of your eternal destination, Jesus is the way. Okay, And we want you to uh, come to faith in Christ, the only way. So this morning... We want to spend some time looking at Matthew chapter 9 because this is the launching pad that we have for our missions team. 
Our missions team leaves tomorrow. The India team leaves tomorrow. We've never done something of this uh, nature in sending seven people uh, off halfway around the world. And uh, so we want to do a, a bit of a survey here to understand the idea, the, the heartbeat behind a missions-minded church. So if you want to follow along with that little outline in your bulletin, you can do that. Um, church missions. Uh, think about it. If you're, if you're a Christian, missions came to you. The issue of missions came to you and shared the gospel with you. And you, maybe that was your mom and dad. But nonetheless, here's the, what's behind missions. Mom and dad shared the gospel message with you, or your Sunday school teacher did, or maybe it was a missionary that came along and shared the message with you. Okay? And it's the idea, what's behind it? It's about growing in the word to go out into the world. And some of you are thinking, well, yeah, I don't need to go to India. You're right. You don't need to go to India. You need to go to your neighbor. I need to go to my neighbor. I need to be ready wherever I'm planted to share this gospel message. Is it really that important? Or maybe the gospel is just kind of a a nice little patch that we add to our, our list of accomplishments. If that's the case, let's just pack it up and go home. Right? Why make such a big deal about it? My friend, this is about a person's eternity. This is about not just a person's eternity, but this is about the glory of God. The fact that God's the creator, he's the maker, and God is greater than we could ever imagine. We gain uh, truth about who God is in the word of God. And that's wonderful to, to read in Isaiah. To read in, in the middle of Romans about how great God is. Nothing can surprise God. Nothing can shake God off of his throne. God is almighty. And yet, so often we bring him down to our size. In, in all of our thinking about theology and, and such. And it's really a sad condition that the American church is in. We need to lift God up and we need to make make a big deal about God because He's more than we can ever imagine. He is great and mighty. He does marvelous works. Well, the idea, you know, behind missions is that we'd be uh, committed and compassionate like Jesus. Or say another way, maybe even more foundational, just to be hungry and humble about missions. I think that's a good combination that we have a hunger to share the gospel and a humility behind it saying, you know, it's not about me, it's not about us, it's not about this team of people going to India. It's about the great and glorious God who gave us the message of the gospel so we might be saved, so that we might know Him. Okay? So, I want to go over these points and then once we're done with uh, looking at these three points, then we're going to bring up our India missions team have prayer, and then be dismissed. Point number one, missions and the imperative of the church. Now look at Matthew 9, 35 through 38. Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel 
There it is. He's proclaiming the gospel and he's healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. So here's the, the, the imperative that the church is pray. And so that's what we want to do. And thinking of our seven people going to India, we want to pray, number one. That's our imperative. We've got to do that. Pray. And this is the lifeline of missions. You'd say, really? I thought like our, our checks, our money support is. No, the lifeline of missions is prayer. Okay? And it reveals something about us. You say, really? About us? Yeah, it reveals something about us. It reveals our dependency and our reliance on God. We need to pray more for our mission. We've, we've got, we try to do a, a missionary spotlight each Sunday morning. Sometimes it shifts to a ministry. Sometimes it shifts to an emergency. But mostly we're saying, here's our missionaries. Well, jot it down and pray for them. Pray for the family that we've highlighted. And here, you know, this missions team that we're sending is going to Peter and Heather Malachar halfway around the world to India, to New Delhi, where we support Peter and Heather with a portion of our monies in our giving. So we want to pray. And here's a split out or a, a division of what we pray about. Letter A, for the supply of missionaries. That's 1A, for the supply of missionaries. Notice what Christ is driven by in this passage. If you look at the passage, he's driven by that he sees the people and what's his response? Oh, I just feel so warm and fuzzy about them. Does he? It's not really a warm and fuzzy thing. Why? How do we know that? It says because he what? Because he saw the people that they were dispirited. Right? They were distressed and dispirited. He could see that. With his eyes, he could see that they were distressed and dispirited. The New International Version says they were harassed. He saw them and they were like people harassed and helpless. The idea behind the word distressed is that um, you look at the Greek word and it, it comes up with the meaning of wounded, sore. Okay? When we went down to Phoenix, we saw our, our son-in-law and daughter and our new baby boy, Hudson Dale. Love it. And we saw their dog. Their dog's name is Sandy Patty. And Sandy Patty has a raw spot on her leg. It's just raw. And guess what she was doing? She was just, you know, she wasn't herself. Because she was just chewing away, scratching away, whatever she could do. She'd say, hey, come here and scratch me right here, you know. But she had just this big raw spot there. And I, I, I couldn't help but think of that. It, it you know, you, she wasn't the same. And uh, she was just laying around the whole time. And here, it's even worse, a worse situation. 
The people, Jesus saw the people as wounded, as raw, distressed, dispirited. And then he gives this beautiful picture, and we're familiar with it. What does he say? Look at the verse. He says, like sheep without a shepherd. Sheep cannot fend for themselves on their own. They will wander, and they will get into a mess, and they will die. Okay? And so, they need a shepherd who will provide for them, who will protect them. Listen! to that he's talking about people and he uses that scene that illustration from what we're so what we can say yeah i'm familiar with sheep we know about sheep yeah they they need to be guided they need to be guarded so he sees the people in this way how do you and i see people whether it's a, a small group of people or a large group of people? Do we see them with the eyes of Jesus? And that's what we want to impress upon ourselves. That's what we want to encourage ourselves in, is to see people here in Fallon. More and more with the eyes that, you know, we're, we're seeing the way Jesus would see them. They need a shepherd. They need the good shepherd. Then he goes on and he switches metaphors a little bit, and then he says... The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. It's a plentiful harvest. It's ready for gathering, gathering the crop. It's a good thing, right? But if the crop isn't good, what happens? It's got to be burned up. It's got to be taken care of. Get rid of it. Listen, my friend. We look at that verse, and most of the time, we're looking at it in a positive, wonderful way. Oh, the harvest is plentiful. Look at all the people out there. But you know what? The Lord of the harvest will someday come and bring judgment. Here's another reason behind why we would want to share the gospel. Right here in Fallon, or in Gabs, Nevada, or in Reno, or India. Why? The Lord of the harvest is going to come at some time and are people ready? And He will bring about His judgment. His righteous judgment. And this world that we live in does not want to hear that message. We don't, you know, this America that we have now doesn't want to hear that at all. Because that's too harsh. That's not in, in accordance with, uh, hey, live and let live. We don't want accountability in our lives. But God brings accountability. God's going to bring it. Why? He's the creator. He'll bring about accountability. And he'll ask, basically, I'm not sure what all he'll ask, but one question you would figure is going to be, what did you do with Jesus? What have you done with Jesus? Is he just another sports hero figurine uh, Hall of Famer guy? Is he just some Old Testament caricature? Whatever, you know. What is he? Who is he? And you and I need to keep answering that. Tomorrow morning, if we have tomorrow morning, if we have it, you know, wake up and say, who is Jesus Christ? What will I, what's on display in my life about who Jesus is? Okay? So, 
Um, the idea then is understanding that that harvest is plentiful. People haven't heard the message. And you and I, if we're, if we're Christians, we've got the message, don't we? Share the gospel message with people. Be ready with that. You can look for little presentations like this. You can, it's a SB, Southern Baptist uh, Theological, SBTS.com. Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. It was on their website. I didn't have to go searching long for it. Things like that, that will help you sharpen up your understanding of the gospel. What's in our bulletin every week? Look at that. Hold it. Put it in your wallet. Put it on your dashboard. Put it on your refrigerator. You know, keep it with you. Be ready to share the gospel. Um, so we pray for the supply. Letter, letter B under number one. We pray for the success of the message. Now we, we uh, leave Matthew and, and look at 2 Thessalonians. Turn there really quickly. 2 Thessalonians. After Colossians, there's 1 Thessalonians, then 2 Thess- Thessalonians, chapter 3, verse 1. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord will spread rapidly and be glorified. Okay? So, um, in, in thinking of our India team, <clears throat> pray for the success of the message. The success of the message. Here's references. I want you to jot them down. Um, Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the, what, class? The power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. Okay? Romans 1.16. Romans 10.17. Mark it down. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. New International Version. Okay? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. It's the message that they need to hear. That's what brings about the power of God unto salvation. That's why it's important that we share the gospel the way it's given us in the word. Not a matter of works added on. Oh, you got to do this and this. And you know what? If any of those people that were baptized, Mike and Michael and Donita, you know, if they never got baptized, some people say they'll never make it to heaven. Is that right sound teaching? No. It, it's through faith in faith alone in Christ alone. Okay? So, we got to get this clear. So that I'm not the only one, or uh, Brendan's not the only one, or Bill isn't the only one, or Chris isn't the only one. We're all on the same page in sharing the gospel because it's the power of God unto salvation. Now, just because we're all on the same page and we're really fired up and we go, it, might, it, it doesn't mean the person will get saved. We need That's why prayer, important for prayer, the success of the message. Okay? Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. Paul, in Ephesians 6, verses 19 and 20, he talks about the, the armor of God. And you know what he tags on to the, back, the, the end of that message there about the armor of God? is And pray for me that I might be bold in sharing the gospel. That's what he's, he's asking the people at Ephesus to pray for him about, here's, here's, I'm going and I'm going to keep going and I'm going to keep sharing. And pray that I'd have boldness. 
So pray for the success of the message. Letter C, pray for the safety of the missionaries. If you're still in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, going to verse 2 and 3, it says, And pray that we will be rescued from perverse and evil men, for not all have faith. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. You know what started happening when we were getting going for India? And we started getting together and talking about the India trip. It was interesting what started happening. Just situations came up that caused people to, you know, be down, downhearted about, well, gee, maybe I can't go. Isn't that interesting? And so, you know, we need to realize that I think that, yes, the enemy would want to put a, a roadblock, a speed bump, or whatever in front of us. Just like in any church that's trying to do something for the Lord Jesus. It's not just to hear at Parkside. It's any church that would want to do something in that way. So we want to pray for the safety of our missionaries. The ones that are going. Acts chapter 9. The people um, realize that Saul, or Paul, was in some trouble. And so you know what they did? They sent him out in the basket, out the window. Hey, wait a minute. Don't you believe in the sovereignty and power of God? Why don't you just stay up there, huh? Right? Hey, it's good theology. But they said, Paul, you need to get going. And here's the best way. Jump in here. We'll cover you up and out the window and down the window. Here you go. Okay? Um, it might be that our India team has no problems whatsoever, no um, no issues whatsoever. It's just smooth sailing. I, I want to pray that <laughs> that way. But we need to remember, it's a, a part of this life. You know, we, we come into the world and we learn about good and evil. And at the root of it is God and Satan. That's at the root of it all. And uh, now it's just it's just sprouted in all these different directions, every which way, and yet it still comes down to that, those two things. There's a righteous line and a wicked line. There's light and there's darkness, right? There's life and there's death. It's really, it boils down to those two things, folks. And here when we say, we've got a missions team going, we want to remember, you know, they're... they're going into that India, into that country, India. And the country of India, by the way, is um, uh, it's highlighted, if you will, as one of the danger countries to the gospel. Okay? There's many that are highlighted. If you look at um, uh, Voice of the Martyrs, their website, you can see that. They have a map, and you can see different places, especially in the Middle East, in, throughout Africa, and on in, in here's India being one of them. So um, be praying for them. Um, I because it's recorded. I'm going to say this: We have a missionary family that's on that part of the world that sent us two emails. The last two emails we received from this particular family, and we would know them. Um, they they've been expressing concern about the issue of safety for them 
And so the one man has not been traveling as much to go and help train people outside of the huge city that they're in. Okay? And so it's a concern for us. We read about it and we're concerned and we need to pray for them. So please be praying for that uh, family. Um, other families that we support throughout the world. Nations like uh, people that are in the nation of uh, Turkey. People that are in, in uh, the Malakars, we've already mentioned them, in India. Others that are in unfriendly places. Number two, and we'll move through these a little more quickly now. Number two, missions and the incentive of the church is about sending. Sending. Um, we've had, and we didn't plan it this way, but we had uh, two young men who grew up in the church, or you know, came to the church here, uh, got saved. Brennan was one of them. Got saved and eventually went off to the mission field. That's That's great. But it'd be nice to be able to encourage more young people about this. Going off the mission field. And so the idea of um, the mission, missions and the incentive of the church is to send, send, letter A, we, we need to understand that they would be called by God. Called by God. That's the pattern that we're to follow, to be able to hear that from someone saying, I believe I'm called by God to go, to go to the missions field. And that might be uh, here in the state, here in the states, or across the ocean to some other country. We need to understand, you know, what is this calling of God about? And uh, try to help them and then confirm them in that. That's letter B. Confirmed by God's people. We would do that. We would say, first of all, elders come and, you know, we'd meet with the elders they would meet with the elders. We'd talk with them about that and then present them to the congregation. I mean, this individual, they're called by God to go to Scotland or Norway or France or wherever. By the way, we don't have, we don't support any missionaries in Africa. I'd like to see us do that eventually in the continent of Africa. Um, so being able to, I understand that the individual is called and then the, the congregation confirms that calling with that individual. Then number three, missions and integration by the church. This is all about support. Simply say, okay, here's, um, here's uh, Walter Heaton. Walter Heaton, let's say, okay? And we, we talk with Walter Heaton and we, um, you know, are convinced, okay, he's, he's our guy in Croatia. So we support him. We want to pray for him and we want to send a check to his account for his family. Then there's other names. Uh, Steve Bauman, okay? Uh, um, Jim and Therese Barron, okay? Different families that we support. We get to this point where it's now about support. And so, again, we come back to the congregation on, under letter A, Expose the congregation to the need. And Lord willing, you know, we can add more. Introduce the, the uh, missionary to the congregation. Have them speak. Um, you know, share their ministry with us. And then eventually we get to the point where we then let her be. We've embraced 
this missionary, embraced by the congregation. And we invest in them. We invest in them with our, our support with money. And we invest in them with our support with prayer. And so when you see prayer letters coming across from different people, a good prayer letter is concerned about, I want your prayer support. There you go. Okay? So, take interest in our missionary families. Take interest in them. Uh, you know, learn about their children. Learn about their likes and, you know, what they're struggling with. Okay? So, um, these are thoughts that we have regarding, you know, what, it, what helps us grow more and more in this area of having a, uh, if, we're, if you were to say it this way, just being a missions-minded church. Okay? So, with that in mind... And that is an encouragement to us. We do want to be um, continuing to have missionary highlights for the service. That's why we do it. Make a note of it. You know, Mark down the family that we've highlighted. And please, be in prayer for them. Okay? Um, I'd like for uh, our team to come up now. We're going to have prayer and then... Um, will be dismissed. As they're coming, and the elders are coming also, I'd like the elders to come. And one of the issues that we're facing right now, as you might have heard already, um, is that Brennan drove to San Francisco on Friday to pick up the, the visas. His was sent in the mail and so um, we had one, but then Friday he went all the way to San Francisco, he and Stephanie, and they uh, returned back at one in the morning with five. Now, if you do the math, one is missing. So right now, we're trusting God that Sarah's visa will show up tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, sometime soon. Would you please join us in that regard, especially not just here this morning, but in particular you know, through this week. Uh, it takes how long? 36 hours to get to India. That's not just a little hop across the pond. So please, um, please be praying for uh, Sarah's to show up sometime sooner the better. And so at this time, um, here's what we want to see on the screen here. Pray for the team. And uh, here are the people going. Brennan, leading the team. Kimberly. Kimberly. Okay. Sarah. Hannah. And Jenny. Dale McCarter. And Stu Streck. Okay. Adopt them the next two and a half weeks. They're just—they're going to help. They're going to assist. They're working in children's ministries. At the, they're going to hopefully show up at the coffee shop that they have and just be uh, servants there and being of help. So please pray for them. And um, we will do our best to pass along the word when Sarah's visa shows up. Please pray for that. And so I'd, I'd like the elders to come up just uh, 
here and lead in prayer, each one. And, um, and you join us, folks. Okay? So, and gather in, team. So, let's, let's join in prayer. Lord, we, we thank you. We thank you for this uh, really wonderful, wonderful privilege. Lord, it's not something that we're used to. And so I'm sure that there's edginess and butterflies, as we say, a little anxiety, yet excitement. And so, dear Lord, I, I thank you for each person here on this team. And we pray, dear Lord, that you would, uh, as you can do best, as you always do best, uh, be our leader in this, be the the shepherd of this team, be the, the guide, be the protector of this team. Help them, Lord, help each one of them to keep their eyes fixed on Jesus. Whether it's in a difficult moment, in a in a very trying situation or whether it's in smooth sailing as we say lord use this team for your glory father we're, <clears throat> we're grateful for uh, how you've rescued each one of us uh, that uh, in spite of uh, who we are and who we've been uh, in your love and your mercy, uh, you have uh, adopted us into your family. And so uh, we pray for this group, uh, also for Peter and Heather and all uh, the workers there, that uh, there would be a great harvest there uh, of souls in India, uh, souls that um, have existed in darkness for so long. Uh, we pray you bring them out of darkness into your marvelous light. and. Uh, we pray for safety for the team. We pray that uh, there are no illness uh, would trouble them, that they'd be healthy and uh, they return to us uh, telling a great, great uh, story of all the work you've done. Uh, we just love you. We thank you. Uh, we praise you in Christ's name. Father, thank you for uh, sending your gospel to me. And how will they believe unless the, a preacher is sent? Father, I pray for Dale that you would speak through him. Sometimes he's afraid to speak. Father, I pray that you would speak through him and that uh, your Holy Spirit would convey the message. And I pray for Hannah, that that you would use her mightily, that she would be courageous, that she would be bold. I don't know if she's ever been out of the U.S. I have not, but Father, I I can't help but think there's some trepidation there. pray that you would give her courage and that you would uh, support her, that you would bring her home, and more importantly, that uh, you would use her to do eternal work Mm -hmm. while she is away. I pray for Jenny, that uh, you would keep her safe, that she wouldn't get lost, that she wouldn't, uh, that uh, she would be able, that she wouldn't get hurt. Father, I pray that you would watch over her and use her to your glory in the lives of whatever people you bring into her path. And Lord, I pray for Kimberly. I pray that uh, this would be the start of great, great ministry in her life. That this would be just the beginning of a fabulous and wonderful harvest, starting with many Indian people. I pray for uh, my brother Brennan that you would give him wisdom and strength and that uh, he would be wise and that he would be effective, effective for you and that uh, he would be part of uh, developing camaraderie amongst this team 
that he would support them, and that he would serve them well, and that he would serve you. Pray for Sue, that uh, that, uh, you would help her deal with the smells of India, (laughs) and the people, and the language, and the children. And I don't know what you will use Sue for when you get there, but I pray that you would bless her and use her to your glory. And what will you do with Sarah, Lord? We don't know, and we don't know why you have held up her visa, but you do, and we trust your judgment. Um, Perhaps something terrible would have awaited her in India. I'm making that up, Lord. I don't know what uh, you are protecting her from or what you are saving her for. Perhaps that visa will come in tomorrow. Perhaps it will come in Wednesday. Perhaps it won't come in for a month. Lord, we, uh, we love Sarah, and we put her forward into your hands today. And we ask that uh, during the next two and a half weeks, be they in America or be they in India, that you would use her to your glory and that uh, she would be fruitful and useful and not sad and uh, that it would be a fabulous time in your kingdom. And Lord, uh, thank you for the body of whom you've made me part, that we can send and that we can uh, minister through the, these people to people all the way on the other side of the world. And, uh, and it's in Jesus' holy and powerful name we pray. Amen. Actually, they don't know that I'm going to say this yet, but I would like if, if we could uh, be in the foyer or kind of out, uh, out that direction so that when people are leaving, if they could uh, come by and talk to one of us and, and uh, ask what we're uh, worried about or how, how you can pray for us or or whatever. So if we would just make ourselves available just for a few minutes out that direction at the end would be really great. Good enough? All right, great. Thank you. Okay. Time to grab your hymnal. We're going to close with this song. Yeah. What number? Say it again. It's three... 49. Okay? <clears throat> now, um, let's sing verses 1, 2, and 5. 1, 2, and 5. Let's stand together. All right? You got your part? Sing it away. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, What a glory He sheds on our way. While we do His good will, He abides with us still. And with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Not a shadow can rise, not a cloud in the skies, but a smile quickly drives it away. Not a doubt nor a fear, not a sigh nor a tear can abide while we trust and obey. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust. Five. Then in fellowship sweet, we will sit at His feet, or we'll walk by His side in the 
What he says we will do, where he sends we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. And have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire. And on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. Now, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless, with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, uh, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. God bless you and have a great day. You're dismissed.